0: I grew up in the house where the music was just inevitable part of life. The first ever memory, like the youngest that could go, would be somehow connected to the music.
1: Das ist der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Der Podcast rund um Nachtleben und Clubkultur.
0: Wir sprechen mit DJs, Türstehern, Tänzern, Clubbetreibern und anderen Nachtmenschen.
1: Mein Name ist Gesine Kühne
0: und ich bin Jakob Töne.
1: Herzlich Willkommen beim Electronic Beats Podcast. Welcome to the Electronic Beats Podcast. My name is Gesine Kühne, and this episode is pretty special because I had the chance to talk to Nina Kravitz. She is in Moscow and keeping herself very busy as she is working on new music. After her debut, named Nina Kravitz, it will be her second album. Yes, the first one came out 2012, nine years ago. But she did release several EPs over the time. Also started her own label, Trip, where she is super involved as an A&R. But back to her new music. Maybe you have heard her new single already. Skyscrapers is the name. It is a very melodic song with lots of pop appeal. Central part is Nina's voice. She has been working with a vocal coach over the last month. Um, That is not the only thing she has been doing for her new album. What else? Well, I won't tell you right now because you have to find out for yourself. I say welcome Nina Krevitz. I'm very excited in a in a heart beating way to be connected with you via Zoom we have to say that i'm sitting somewhere in brandenburg in my grandmas house and you are in moscow in your own apartment there
0: yes that is correct
1: we were just chatting a bit uh, be- before we started the recording and i said i put on makeup because it's it's a big deal for me to talk to you without like trying to um your brown nose it's just like um I think you're one of the the biggest and very talented persons in techno world. So uh, I'm actually humbled too that we talk.
0: <laughs> I'm also really humbled and flattered to hear something like this from a person that I also happen to have met before, <laughs> like we just uh, discovered. And every time I hear the remarks as high as you just gave um i feel very yeah i would say humbled and slightly confused as if it was not referring to to me or to someone else and i was like oh yeah are you, are you talking about me so yeah it still happens
1: you're welcome and i find it important i mean i never really dug deep into um the story of nina kravitz um i i knew you were there i knew we have uh like a couple same friends acquaintances of course and then doing the research for our podcast today i just found out how hard working you are and and i love that you're a woman in techno with such um yeah with such talent and power so
0: literally overwhelmed thank you
1: i find you in moscow and um i know you used to live in berlin i am what are you doing right now in Moscow? Why why back to Russia?
0: Because the traveling became really difficult. And it was a choice in between the most comfortable place to just be. And I, I just wanted to be close to my family. After all, I think I made the right choice. I spent a fantastic time here. Mm-hmm. Really. I loved it. And it was such a brilliant chance to actually come home and... Yeah, and just to convert into into Russian again, to speak my language every day, and to actually have a routine of doing things that I wasn't able to
1: do before. So yeah. Yeah, it seems like you're such a cosmopolitan person, and um, going back to the roots, you seem very calm, you know, and um, centered. Uh, is that part of you or? Are you usually like a very busy bee because you have so many ideas and you're flying around the world usually the whole time? Is that a different Nina at the moment? But maybe one you've been looking for?
0: I think every day there's (laughs) a different Nina. The most struggling point about my own personality, if I had to discuss it at all, but I think finding a right balance in between my most organized focused part and that emotional pretty chaotic one which i guess is more connected to the creative side of of me is i think the most challenging thing mm-hmm. to keep this balance is is quite difficult sometimes but once once you're on the roll and once it's happening, once you know how to do it and how, how to control it or at least impact it in a way, it's becoming a lot of fun. And it's a very special kind of pleasure when you're able or when you learn how to control your own emotions, your own self and finding the right balance. It's also one of the most beautiful things you can imagine. I think I'm still the same person in between two very different personalities. But at the moment, I think you're right. And I think I'm balanced, or at least I'm more balanced than I was. You said
1: you're back in Russia, full on like Russian again, speaking the language, being very close to your family. Or oh, I said very close. You said close to your family because you're from, oh, I hope I pronounce it properly that's in Siberia and it's pretty far away um, it's clo- closer to Beijing than um, yeah than to Moscow um, is your family still there
0: at the moment uh, we live together in Moscow because it was quite difficult for me to be so far away from my family as soon as I moved to Moscow to study here there were times where I actually had not seen like my, my parents my family for a year. It's pretty far, it's five hours by plane, and it's about 200-something, 300 kilometers to Mongolia. Actually, it's a pretty Asian place, and it's a pretty remote from everywhere. So to get there is quite a thing, and I was not always able to afford it, and just also didn't have time, because I was studying, working, and doing many different things at the same time. It was difficult, you know, you come home and then you see your your family one year later. It's just, it's a very um, uncomfortable feeling. And at some point I decided that I need to do something about it. And as soon as I got a chance to invite my parents to live here in Moscow, I made it happen. And now we are together and at least... When I'm traveling, or when I used to live in Europe, it was quite easy to just take a flight and to see my parents anytime I wanted. That was brilliant. I think that that was one of the most important things that happened, that we actually can now all live together. But we still have a place there, and we, we go in there from time to time. I cannot live without Baikal. This is like the most magical place in the world for me. I spent my all my childhood there, and I was able to see
1: all this beauty. Just to give you a tiny bit of understanding of my situation, I was born in a GDR, that's why I sit here in this old GDR um, setup for my grandma. And we left the GDR, we, we went in 84 before the wall came down, so I actually did look for my roots for the last I don't know how many years because I grew up in West Berlin now since my grandma's in a home and um, I look after her place and the garden I think I found the roots again like this is where I'm from this is and it's a very whole and healthy feeling you know I kind of get your feeling when you have that kind of place I guess.
0: What more do we treasure than the feeling of home.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Just to mention that sometimes to be able to appreciate something and to distance yourself from this object, the subject. Mm-hmm. And I could say that the strongest appreciation for the place where I was born came to me especially at the time where I became European citizen. I, I spent most of my time in Europe, Mm. you know, that I used to live in Berlin. And I think after four or five years of doing so, this feeling, you know, this pretty acute, visceral feeling of of being homesick resurfaced, you know. It was just it was growing, growing, and then every time I would come back home, it would be such an incredible experience. And I would be enjoying and appreciating every day in the city that I never stopped loving, I would say. But I needed that time to start appreciating that from the distance.
1: You moved so many years ago to study, like, uh, to become a dentist. And I saw that Irkutsk is also um, like a university city. So my thinking was, did you go to Moscow with already a plan B in your pocket? because you wanted to be a musician and you maybe sat on plan A, having safety with dental medicine and plan B was in your back pocket and Moscow was the place to try it out.
0: All right, so once upon a time, I graduated school in Irkutsk, in my home city. And my family and I, we had a conversation about the profession that I could obtain and that would give me the most Mm, satisfaction and would be just the real profession. And also we were thinking about getting myself a real education. Uh, we call it fundamental education, right? Where you could get a very good profession. No matter what I'm going to be doing in the end, by having like made it in my profession and finishing the university, that would just be a very good starting point for me as a person you know as a human like my father is an engineer my mom is a high school teacher we were thinking where would it be the best oh in a (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay in other words we were just thinking what would be the best thing for me to do my parents and all our friends, they kind of noticed from the very early age of mine that I was pretty good in kind of helping out people that were not feeling well or like being sick or something like that. Like the, the sense of empathy was always pretty high at the very young age. So they thought maybe that's that's the way to go, maybe obtaining a doctor's profession would be the best thing for me to do. And I became a student in Irkutsk State University, Medical University. Answering your question, I did not have a particular plan of moving to Moscow or obtaining a profession as a musician, nothing like that. It was always on the level of being a hobby. At a very young age, I already... Became a radio host. I had my own program. It had a really funny name, Positron, because I was so into being good on at it, physics. It's in school I wasn't, but I really wanted to, so I was really mesmerized by all those terms from physics and chemistry. So Positron is coming from there. And so the program was like an hour hour radio night show, I would say, and Didn't really have a structure. (laughs) I was just there by myself, basically doing long monologues at night and sometimes receiving calls and yeah, and listening to the music, of course. So, yeah, I didn't have a plan. And then suddenly I fell in love. And during my interview, because I was also doing like a part time job, I've always worked since I was a super small. Uh, girl at one of the interviews that I did with a Russian band I came and I met a guy and we fell in love and then the guy was from Moscow and he said come with me I said I need to ask my parents (laughs) (laughs) then I said my parents said they need time he said okay I'm I'm going home and then I'll come back (laughs) in a week and then he came back in a week and I have already had a decision. And my decision was a very positive one. I said, I'm coming.
1: It's, it's really fun getting into it because, I mean, I do have a couple of questions for you and I don't want to pick around old days because everyone can read or listen to interviews about it, how you got into music, how your band was called, how you were at the uh, Red Bull Music Academy and so on. All good. Love it did great. Um, I have one question for the past though or that goes into the past because...
0: Feel God. free to ask whatever yeah. you want. Um,
1: I want to know about your relationship to Roxy music. What I've read is first of all you went to a Brian Ferry exhibition. Second of all if uh, in one interview or reportage I read there were three artists mentioned and one was with Grace Jones and the other was the band Roxy Music.
0: I grew up in the house where the music was just inevitable part of life. It was everywhere. The first ever memory like the young like the youngest I could go would be somehow connected to the music my My father would be responsible for for the love for music that I have records. Books and paintings. That I think would be three things that I would remember rolling back to, you know, to my childhood. So I would wake up with music. I would spend some time during the day with music. And I would go to sleep with music too. Just to give you an idea. When I was little and when I was small, I I would remember singing many different songs. And one of the songs would be this Song by George Gershwin from and Bass. The other one would be probably "Immigrant Song," Led Zeppelin. And I also remember singing Roxy Music. It was one of my favorite bands. One of the brightest memory of listening to Roxy Music. Grace Jones, you have already mentioned, or like Weather Report. All this like fusion jazz, jazz rock from Blood Sweat and Tears. All this was like a soundtrack of my childhood. And just to focus on one band would have been a little bit unfair to the rest Mm -hmm. of, of the members, I would say. There were so many, and they were all, in a way, very, very important. Also, Ella Fitzgerald, of course, Donna Summer, some Russian music, of course. And, okay, so Brian Ferry... His voice is recognizable immediately, like the tone of, the, of his voice, also the way he, he sings, also this velvety music that is in between of something very soft and mm, at the same time, it's still rock music, I think, but a very special kind of rock music. Roxy, exactly. Like, I, I got it right now. It's
1: like rock and foxy music together, so...
0: <laughs> it's not hippie, it's not this, it's not psychedelic. It's Roxy, yeah. I think he did something that I really appreciate in artistry. He is absolutely recognizable. The atmosphere that he was able to, he has been able to deliver. Also through his videos and through everything, it's just uh, so great, well balanced, and it's not vulgar, but it's still very, um, yeah, it's
1: it's very sexy. <laughs> Let's get into the Corona timeout. Um, of course, trip your label and. The scenes and like a comparison between Moscow and Berlin, if we get to it. You said right in the beginning that you're very balanced. You you came home, you feel home. And the corona time out giving you the balance. Was it still difficult to cope with no more traveling or playing live? Because, I mean, that's such a big deal for artists like you, no?
0: First of all, when this whole thing started... It brought me a lot of anxiety. Not solely because it meant no more traveling and no more shows for a foreseeable future, but mostly because it was just an extremely unpredictable, weird, heavy situation. Psychologically heavy, because nobody could understand what was going on. Also, the outcome of this whole situation was... Also unknown and still pretty much unknown, I guess as being a little bit <laughs> a little bit more advanced, maybe in sensitivity and sensibility in comparison with other people, probably as an artist because I guess there is this certain belief that artists artists uh do feel surroundings and atmospheres. A little better. Okay, all this vibration, you know, overall vibration, a little better. Maybe that's what made this whole situation so heavy. But on this, on this, on the other hand, you know, this there is this term noosphere, introduced by Vernadsky, this uh, scientist from Russia, uh, which means like somehow like this kind of connected space where everybody everyone's everybody's thinking process like thoughts and basically all brain activity is connected in one connected space and imagine like everybody was just shocked with how quickly our world has transformed into something else into something that we have never seen before so i guess Mm. many people felt similar emotions and by accumulating like somehow all those emotions of uh, many different people it have been accumulated in, in in one space and created this very heavy atmosphere worldwide i could totally feel that i'm not alone with that and that many people have Difficulty, difficult times to comprehend what was going on, and that that was paralyzing in a way. It was paralyzing creativity. Back to your question, it was not really about the life aspect or not life, but just about overall change, almost overnight change, and that brought a different type of reality. I decided to look at it as opportunity, and after probably two or three months of of being in this kind of amorph, very um, confused situation, I decided to invest all this time that has suddenly resurfaced, reappeared in my life into doing things that I never had an opportunity to focus on before.
1: Which
0: is? I just decided to to become better. I always wanted to take vocal classes. I always wanted to learn more languages than just a couple. I wanted to learn more about music. And of course, I wanted to record my second album. I've been making music, songwriting, like producing, doing songs for other people, soundtracking, playing since like for many many years but even by being able to play melodies and harmonies pretty organically and naturally and even playing some instruments just by heart you know by ear i never really looked at music from this kind of more structured professional way scientific if you if you could, if i could say so I thought, this is the time. This is definitely the right time to start doing all that. So I I went to take Salfeggio, the music, music theory classes, and, you know, doing all this stuff. Reading notes and everything, yeah. And I have to say, I, w- I was never really into math. I, I was... Kind of not really good at it when I was in school, and I found it so similar. It was almost like writing formulas in math it was so interesting, but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed to to look at music from a different angle, and it's been so helpful it's I think just now when i'm making when I'm making music, writing songs i I could already see that. There is a lot that has changed in the way I think and when I see the notes and everything and I like on this more composer side, I definitely feel much more, much stronger in a way uh, and gave a lot of inspiration to, you know, record more new music. And for example, before I would just write a song, do something on with the keyboard on, on the keyboard, record it and that's it. Maybe I would, of course, do some additional mixing or rearrange it in a way. But more or less, it was a done thing. Now I could see it and work out harmonies. You know, I could feel, OK, What, where else I could go here? Oh, this is probably a really good hook. How about this and that? And what about like this tonality? And what about that tonality? Mm. That's really interesting. You you once said
1: um, that your voice is your greatest instrument. My initial question was, is that still the case? But now, with all the background you've given me just now, I feel like maybe is it the musical knowledge now that's your your greatest
0: instrument? <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like the greatest <laughs> instrument is um, of, of a musician is being able to capture the idea in the most perfect way and and the way how you do it it doesn't really matter you just need to, to, to do it within one idea maybe my voice would be still a perfect instrument in within one song territory and then one it could be just uh, one of the elements together with the piano or together with a synthesizer yes yeah i have to say it's been super exciting because I've I've been working on songs mostly, and more and more pop leaning songs. And I have never ever in my life would work on a song longer than a week. This time there was there were situations, and there's there's like still ongoing situations where I I would re-record the same song more than thirty times. 40 times. And sometimes, <laughs> just recently, that pretty much happened. I almost finished the song and everything was fine, but something was just not working, you know. So something was just not right. This, on on this more, more intuitional level, I just I just could feel there's something missing in that. Or just like the vocals, they're not seated right in, in the arrangement. And I scrapped it. I said, it's, it's scrapped. It's, it has to be redone. And I've already like worked on this song for so long, so this is new. This has never ha- ever happened before. Maybe because I just never had an opportunity for to work on a song that long, and to 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 visit like to go to have vocal teachers. Each has something interesting to offer, some interesting method, interesting theory. And something to share professionally. And just to be doing that regularly. And make it my own professional routine. And do vocal classes three, four times a week. This was just such an opportunity. And I am extremely grateful for that. It sounds like you've been keeping yourself very
1: busy. With the different focus you can now have on music. On on your voice. On um, writing music. Um, did you also take the time to reflect on the techno business and uh, if so is there something
0: it's going to change for you now Uh, just to make to make sure I understand your question you mean did my life like did I think how my professional life would change Um, yes yours and
1: even like techno business on a greater scale or or a scale or are we going back to how
0: it was Um, well I definitely thought about it but not not too too much i didn't really have mm-hmm. much time to 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 reflect on that but also it was pretty useless because everything is so unpredictable and to try and predict things like that is just a waste of time i guess mm-hmm. so i i wanted to i wanted to direct my energy somewhere else where i had a little bit of control this is, I guess, what made a lot of people, including myself, very anxious. Is that, that the situation doesn't offer anything where you can control things much. You you can and, and then you cannot at one point. So mm. I don't believe it's going to be the same. I think the whole business has suffered so much uh, that the change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know details you know I'm not very professional into giving such remarks so I wouldn't even start with all those restrictions and uh, special measures that are being now introduced to humanity entire life is is now going to be looking very different
1: your pace is quite high you're smart you're 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 knowledgeable and you want to just like a sponge I think you you you're you are that you want to take a lot of stuff in um, languages, music, everything. Do you sometimes ponder how you will be or where you will be in 15 years? It's a very typical interview question
0: for like a work interview. I wouldn't like to make any particular plans yeah, because this is not the most prolific thing to do because there's always be some alteration to the plan. There was sometimes there could be something that would completely be different and in the most unexpected way, and which would be even um, more more inspirational and maybe it would allow you to start something new. But I I could predict, knowing how I am already, that probably it would be another series of phases where I would obtain something more or I would become more professional in one area or another. So there will be like this inevitable educational phase of learning something new. That's definitely is the case because I love learning something new. I cannot imagine myself without obtaining new craft or new knowledge or new something. I hope it will be an ever-growing creativity and inspiration. Because an artist without an inspiration is, is a dull case. <laughs> Let's talk about Trip. Um,
1: I personally love your label. I find it super eclectic. How was the output during Corona? Did you feel that the artists you search for or the people that uh, sent you a demo have been super, super creative as well?
0: Some were very creative, as always, and nothing really changed. The ones that I already knew. And, you know, I actually, I started this initiative around March or April, I think April last year. I created this new show, or let's say, live stream, that I called Hot Steel. Hot Steel is because I gave my email on my Instagram and asked people to send me music basically, from all over the world. I thought it was a lovely thing to do when everyone was a little depressed and anxious. So I wanted just to to unite a little bit people and just to give them some fun times. And so basically they, they were asked to send me music. I would listen to the lots of demos, at least 2,000. It was so much and... I found pretty cool tracks and as this whole process went further and further, I I decided that I would call it Hot Steel because it's such a freshly delivered music and I wanted to compile this music into the compilation and then release it very soon. And of course it was only digital and Sold via Bandcamp and other digital platforms. But as the process was much faster than doing vinyl, you know, which takes sometimes up to 12 weeks now. So I wanted to make it super easy for everybody and give visibility to people. And I made a stream in Moscow. Then I also made the second one in Greece, Hot Steel number two. And maybe I will do another one, number three. Do you do all the work uh, by yourself on trip? I mean
1: the the a and R work, I mean, um or do you have a team? It, it's been from the, the
0: starting point, the starting day till this day. Uh, I'm the only a and r on the label for sure. From the very start, I was responsible for connecting visual parts with uh, audio, like compiling it, you know, making those texts that were on trip compilations, conceptual albums, how I called it. Rolling out with an idea around the compilations. Then, of course, doing artworks, uh, basically coordinating all the work and talking with artists. Yeah, it's all my job as well.
1: Um, do you think that the like Russian electronic scene is visible enough or is that part of your work as well to make make it visible?
0: I did work quite a lot to make it visible when I was starting TRIP. It was very important for me that the artists, the talented artists, they get more visibility. And I think I accomplished these wishes pretty nicely. But I agree with you that it's not still enough and there's a lot of visibility that's missing for the artists. I don't know if it's because the percentage, the amount of artists... The amount of clubs and how developed the industry is is very different to how it is in Russia, maybe. Because there's still less clubs, less festivals, less opportunities for electronic music. And maybe that's why like the amount of musicians is less. Can it be? Places like England, this is just such a part of their culture, I think. Club culture was always so vital for their history. And the same with Germany, I guess. And in Russia, I wouldn't say so. Maybe this is the the reason. I hope that there will be more visibility, of course, because there's many, many really talented people in Russia.
1: What would you say is the main difference between Moscow and Berlin um, for the electronic
0: music scene? In Berlin, electronic music is the part of the economy. established industry It, it is considered as a serious player in not only in the cultural field but economic field here it is not considered as something substantial as something important this is like something that people don't need it is not considered as a vital part of the culture it has not received enough appreciation and it is also not seen as a force that would be attracting people, you know, tourists, that would be um, helpful. It has a completely different status. It's considered as something like extra, something that you could live without easily. It's not so important, you know. Maybe because it's just, you know, has bad reputation for all the other things that people do when they go out. So maybe that is why it's not received that well. But how can you get more visibility if you don't recognize this industry as something very important culturally? We do have pretty rough and unpolished electronic music and very good and underground in Moscow. But I wish that it would be much more established. And also I have to admit that maybe I'm not the best person to ask about it. You know why? Because... I'm not really going out. That's a very good point, actually. (laughs) This past year, I mostly focused on waking up quite early, going to the next class and doing homework. And just in general, I like going out, of course. For some time, everything was closed. Then in December, everything in Moscow reopened, like all the clubs, bars and restaurants, so you could go out. I love dancing, I love going to party and I used to go a lot just to dance and to, just to enjoy the music and that's how basically everything started for me. This is why I wanted to become a DJ, of course. But I'm not doing that enough to analyze perfectly the situation within electronic scene. And I also think that this past year was not the best to make an analysis. But at, at least we can get to the point that there's a
1: scene, there's an underground scene and maybe Russian electronic music scene needs more visibility. Full stop. <laughs> but I do want to just quickly talk about NFTs because um, it is future future stuff. <laughs> NFT is future stuff and it's it's part of some nerd's life and then it's part of fashion designers and musicians life. And you have been producing uh, NFTs also lately?
0: Yeah, I decided to try it. Just solely because I'm a very curious person. That's pretty much the, the, the reason why I'm doing it. I'm just wondering, how is this? What is this? Interesting. Never done it before. Mm. Do I think it's going to be replacing my need to read or... Have it like a real painting on my wall. I doubt it <laughs> I, I i like i I see everything around me, and I think what an extreme orthodox I am. I like all those physical things, and people are so futuristic now. everyone wants to be digital, which is interesting. I've been doing music for video games, I did create a few avatars already. I'm curious but it's definitely not the most intriguing thing for me the more all this digitalized world is evolving the more i feel the need like i feel the the connection with something that i can touch and collect and actually look at i more and more enjoy writing with my pencil doing some drawings i try to draw something every day just to keep my motoric activity strong in this digital world, um, just typing all day on your computer and doing everything without having to write something. We're basically putting ourselves at the risk of becoming a little bit less smart at some point. <laughs> motoric activity is extremely important in every day's life.
1: I would love to just go on and on and on. Um, I think we we could we would be able to. Um we just need to give you a tiny bit and you have amazing stories to share. And I can feel the great love for music, when, especially when you talk about music, um, which I understand and cherish and totally adore um, because music is one of the greatest things in life. Talking to you and, and being able to do this podcast for Electronic Beats with you, it's it's I would say it's almost like a birthday present. I want to get to Electronic Beats just for the last couple of minutes because they have been around for 20 years, which is pretty great as well. Um, there was like Slices, um, the, the video, the d d interview platform, and you were part of it. And you were um, DJing at the festival in Bud- Budapest in 2015. And there were those high-maintenance, amazing magazines. So um, electronic beats has been in my life for quite a while because when I was just um, consuming music, for example, electronic music. Um, Do you have any anecdote from the last 20
0: years or what does it mean to you? Electronic beats has been an important part of my musical path. That Slices feature that I made for for you guys, it was a very exciting beginner's uh, time of my musical path and was very special and of course now electronic beats are part you know of my artistic life for sure and i have beautiful memories doing that episode you have done so many great features so many cool interviews and i also remember doing something for the magazine like i did an alphabet every every letter meant some term from my own vocabulary you have been like an important part of the electronic music scene, for sure. And just by going through archives, you could easily see that, how much information you have collected. And I was very honored to be invited many times on so many occasions and to be supported as well. You guys definitely know what you're talking about. And you have a very important role into delivering this message you know, and heritage to the younger generation. So I'm wishing you long, long years of successful um, professional life and hope to talk to you on your next anniversary. I think I can
1: say a warm-hearted uh, and very goosebumpy thank you from all of us. <laughs> I have one. T- it's the last question because that's a very short answer. When is the album due?
0: The first single is going to be out 16th of July. It's called Skyscrapers. And it's one leg like in electronic music and dance music and one already in more like pop-leaning, song-structured music. So I'm really curious how you would like it. <laughs> And then there will be a few more songs released as an EP. And hopefully the album will be out, I think, beginning of the next year.
1: We keep eyes and ears open. Nina Kravitz, um, thank you so much for so much input, uh, so many Answers, so many stories. There was so much I have to digest too and I'm happy we got the chance. So thank you so much for your time.
0: Yeah, thank you very much too. And, and also for our German listeners. Ich wünsche allen unseren Hörern alles Gute. Ich habe unsere Gespräch wirklich genossen. Ja, und ich hoffe, dass wir noch einmal reden könnten.
1: Ja. <laughs> Sehr schön. Danke, Nina, im Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. So this was Nina Kravitz. I hope you enjoyed her insights into your life as much as I did. And now you know the drill. Comments on this episode or recommendations for guests for other episodes, you can let us know via Instagram. The Telecom Electronic Beats podcast team is taking a little summer break. My name is Kasina Kühne. Stay safe, healthy and always enjoy the music. Das war der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Abonniert den
0: Podcast bei Apple, Soundcloud, Spotify oder Deezer.
1: Wir sehen uns im Club.
0: Bis dann.